spookiest time of the year, there are a few guidelines all ghosts and goblins should follow. Always stay on sidewalks. Never go to a stranger's house. And never go out alone. <laughs> You're listening to Dead Air Podcast, part of SplatterPictures.net. What's up, everybody? Wes, Dead Air Nipe here with always typical lydia today's show we're going to be doing the 2007 festival release 2009 home video released undisputed modern day classic trick-or-treat smell I, my feet yeah I, I now i want some like halloweeny sounds but what are halloweeny sounds Booze, witches cackling, creaky doors. Wind chimes. Wind chimes. Wind chimes. Water phones. And uh, the crinkling of candy. The crinkling of candy. Those horrible little caramel kisses. Oh my god. Every year I read the same damn article about why we Canadians have been eating those since the fucking 50s. And... (laughs) And if you believe me, it's the same batch that they made in the 50s. Yeah, it's like they've been trying to get rid of it this whole time. Let me tell you something. My store stocked to the titties with them. So if you guys want your disgusting toffees, you know, they're available for you. I'd like a nice Zagnut bar. (laughs) That's what I'd like. But yeah, I've been cruising around the stores looking at the candy and the chocolate and i did discover a thing um like an advent calendar but for halloween it doesn't have mm. the full month though for whatever reason because i guess there isn't actually any real like like uh parallel to advent for mm-hmm. halloween but there's it's 14 little windows of chocolates that you open mm-hmm. but not only that but we have we have in the last five years i would say really changed the direction of our Halloween decorations. They have, they have gone, Lydia, from just plastic skeletons and, you know, Halloween direct, uh, decorations, like you, like you understand them, to full blown spooky Christmas decorations. There, there are full blown spooky. Like, there even is a Halloween tree. You can get a Halloween tree. Do you know the thing that made me look? I was in a Michaels, um, where I like to get my, uh, Halloween stuff. And I looked, and there was a little witch with a ghost. And there was, was it me and you? Uh, no, <laughs> although one day, um, if you guys want some some dead air themed Lydian and West Halloween decorations, and by if you guys, I just mean Thomas. <laughs> um, no, uh, if you guys, uh, the, the next to the witch and the ghost are two little cubes. And those cubes have numbers on them. And they're for the days. So you can be like, this many days to Halloween, this many holidays. That, to me, is like a quintessential Christmas ornament. It definitely is. And, and, and I've seen what you're talking about. Not at Michael's, but somewhere else. Yeah. And it wasn't as high quality as I think what you would have found at Michael's. Yeah. 
Because this this was high quality stuff. Like this was in the same era, area as like you know their spooky Halloween ha- houses where they have like here's one based off of like Little Shop of Horrors. Here's one's based off of Nightmare Before Christmas. And really nice stuff. Like if you want to fucking put out some money, oh yeah, you can get some nice decorations. But like to me, when I saw that one bit of decoration, I was like, we have arrived. There is the lens has been shifted. Halloween is just Christmas now, but. Spooky Christmas. You had said sex Christmas at one point, and to a certain demographic, it definitely is and always yeah. will be. Um, but yeah, it is because I have always done decor shopping. Same with Chris, same mm-hmm. with many people doing yeah. decor shopping around Halloween, and even people who just like, you know, a lot of people like that country look, that uh, I forget, the cottage craft look in their mm-hmm, house. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more to find at this time of year. Agreed. Like my giant glass pumpkin, wherever it is. I mean, I've got so much pumpkin stuff around yeah. here. Yeah, like I've bought that years ago, and it's very high quality, and it's mm-hmm. wonderful. But um, you can look on YouTube, Arleo Voltaire, or however you say his first name, Voltaire. Mm-hmm, uh, Voltaire, yeah. He's doing, as he usually does with Gothic Homemaking, his uh, YouTube show, going around store to store and checking out all the Halloween stuff. And you can compare even his last year's videos to see what was in, like, Michael's Target, because it's U.S., and some other more popular places and dollar stores. And compared to what is coming out now, and the quality just gets better, and the look just looks better. The one complaint I have is glitter. Glitter, yeah, true. But um, I last year I waited until mid October before I did any Halloween decor shopping. Fucking went to Michaels and got a fuck ton of stuff that is, by the way, my year round decorations in my home for like fifty dollars, and I got a whole bunch of stuff. And no glitter to be found. Huh. High quality stuff. The only thing that I, I, I missed out on last year, and I'm wondering if that Michaels has it this year, I might pick it up. But it was essentially like a, a like a, a like a bowl, but it was in the shape of two raven's wings. Ooh. And it was just so nice. But I was like, ah, I don't really have a, a need for it. But you know, I, on my uh, on my hutch by my door, I always just have my keys and my wallet and all that kind of stuff in a pile. Sure, be nice to put it into some cool, spooky, totally Raven Wings. So, like, that's what I'm looking out for for this year. I've already bought a couple of things at my own store because yeah. we got some nice glass pumpkins in. So I was like, ooh, I'm gonna get some new ones. And you do get nice stuff there. And yeah. I also recommend Home Sense. We were just in Home Sense. Mm. Home Sense and Winners. Yeah, they always have very nice mm-hmm. decor. So if you don't find your Raven Raven Wing bowl there uh-huh. for your keys, then definitely look there or. Even Spirit Halloween has gotten yeah. a little more grown up. Yeah, things are changing though. Like, like gone are like the cheap plastic skeletons and bats on the walls and stuff like that. Like that stuff's still there, and and I love the look of that stuff. But at the same time, people are like, oh no, 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 no. here's furniture, here's decorations, yeah. like here's stuff that you can leave in your house all year round. And people don't really, I mean, people comment on all the pumpkins and stuff that are in my place all the time, but no one just says like, well, this looks cheap and tacky. No. And my wonderful lace, um, tablecloth that I used to have, no one would look at it unless you're looking closely and be like, Oh, there's little skulls and it's like spider webs. It just looks like a nice lace tablecloth. But Mm -hmm. I do have a small plastic pumpkin from years gone by the type that you put like UNICEF donations. Yes. I, there's always going to be a weak part of my heart for the little pumpkin pails that you could like, you know, get your stuff in. I use them at author stuff. Have you been into spirit this year? No, I haven't. Well, one thing you'll notice in spirit, and this is not yet, yet a segue, but, there are 
a lot of trick-or-treat things. You can get a little Sam that's about a foot and a half high that has a little bowl and you put your candy in this bowl and it's very high quality looking. Like it looks like fucking Sam, except shorter. Oh, that's very cute. Don't, and you can get the lolly if in case you want to slap someone's throat open. For putting out their pumpkins too early. Yeah. I like it. I, I I'm last year at Spirit Halloween. It was funny. I got um so Trick or Treat Studios. Uh, if anyone listening to this is a horror fan, and you probably are because it's a horror podcast. Uh, Trick or Treat Studios like like oftentimes releases um, high quality masks and all kinds of stuff that you can sometimes end up in stores, but not a- a- around me. So I ordered um I ordered uh, one for the strangers uh, for myself, the bag man. And um, it was fucking gorgeous. And then, not but like the same year that I ordered it, I was starting to see those masks in all kinds of stores. Not the exact same quality, but still pretty good. Like yeah. if you just wanted to go into Hot Topic and buy the mask because they had the 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 the, the, the pinup girl and and the and the doll at the same time. Like if you want to just buy those masks for less than twenty bucks, like pretty good deal actually and so yeah like halloween is is really kind of halloween is changing into a an area that i really like it and one of the interesting things about like trick-or-treating that a lot of uh i think horror fans probably know but it's a fairly new tradition for us like we're talking mm-hmm. the last century um and it began it became super popular when your and my parents were kids yeah in the 50s yeah that was like because there's more community involvement suburbs started becoming a thing and there were neighbors to go knocking on the door that weren't miles away yeah so it really blew up and then that translated to like when we were kids in the 1980s and 90s like uh, halloween was fucking massive i like that halloween greeting cards are becoming a thing though because that has ebbed and flowed it used to be more popular when people were more far-flung and then it went out of fashion i believe when apple bobbing was a thing oh just the idea of putting your mouth in a big cistern of oh. spit and fucking <laughs> fillings and half-chewed food Oh my god, Bob for apples is most fucking disgusting. Someone's thing. got a big cold sore on their lip, and they're just like, exactly. missed that one, got this or little one. Little kids with half a mouthful of water spitting up and laughing at the same time, disgusting little bastards. Um, <laughs> apple bobbing, yeah. Where was I going? Oh yeah, greeting cards. Thank fuck for <laughs> greeting cards. Thank fucking god. But they're all over the stores now, and it's not, it's easy mm. to find nicer ones that used to yeah. be tough. My store has some nice uh, Halloween greeting cards i saw lovely halloween greeting cards in the malls the other day and in hallmark even Mm. so yeah it's really become a thing again so i highly recommend everyone uh, getting on that wagon and keeping it alive Mm. right now are you doing anything extra spooky product wise wes i know Teresa is getting scarier here Teresa is getting scarier um the the next installment's nightmare factory and it'll it'll put i wonder if um let me ask you this do you get the pun in the title an evil horse that comes out at night nightmare well oh my god (laughs) i'm like glue factory i don't know what's that like what are you talking about yeah okay now now i get it because you're laughing at me no i was just like i was like i was like wonder if anyone's gonna because most people should i'm not very bright 
Well, no. Um, even my my sweet dear artist Chris, I asked him if he. Uh, I was like, "Do you get the pun?" He's like, "No." I'm like, "Nightmare." He's like, "I didn't know the the horse was female," and I was like, "I never said it wasn't. You just assumed it's gender." Oh my god! <laughs> but anyway, um, no. But yeah, it's getting it's getting uh, creepier, more serious, and I'm putting like more horror elements into it. And there is um, the darkest story to date is coming up. Um, after this little sort of like hoopla, we're going to slow things down and we're going to tell what I think is going to be like a genuinely disturbing story where we're not dealing with, um, we're dealing with different kinds of monsters, not ones that you necessarily can put a pin on. Nice. So, uh, yeah, so that, that I'm really excited about that. But what about you? Because I do feel, you feel pressure as like spooky, <laughs> spooky lady supreme. You are, you are, you are, you are, uh, goth royalty as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, a, a woman who like, you know, bleeds pumpkin, shits bats, like, do you feel like what are you gonna do for Halloween? Like, oh, I'm probably gonna stay because you're homebody and you're super busy. Yeah, and also your wedding anniversary is in and around that time. Yeah, so there's a lot of reasons why you have other things kind of to do because people are disappointed in me, Lydia. Oh my god, I know I'm not. They're they're just like because I, I know there's other stuff coming up in Westland that that's true. Halloweeny and true. is a lot of work. So I could probably announce it now. Actually, oh, do you think should you? I should. Um, the, so I don't know if this is obvious to anyone, but there will be um, new panels of blood for October. Sweet. So like last year, we did. I brought it back, and I was like, "This is a special Halloween event." And this year, I wanted to do it again. So I won't say what we're going to be doing. I'll announce that later. Okay. But, but like, um, it will be in keeping with the Halloween theme, and it'll be fun. But, uh, yeah, so that'll be cool. But what about you? So, yeah. Uh, not a heck of a lot. So be disappointed. Be disappointed. All I'm not going to be disappointed because I know how it is. I had wanted to get Prairie Light Eve 3 out at this time, but it's just been too busy this year. And I think that a lot of my mojo has been taken up by typical books, which I don't mind because I really like making typical books. I like doing the show. Mm-hmm. It's so, a good show. It's fun. Yeah, it's, and it's fun to make. So I'm, I like that, and I don't feel like that bad about not doing mm-hmm. that. I'm doing a little bit of horror writers association stuff. I just put a column in, and you got, and and you had something for the Wicked Library that was finally announced, and that is going to be. That's the big thing, and I'm still sort of plugging away at that. There's some final edits in stuff like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a, an actual release date or anything, and everything is is still. Okay. secret right but that has been announced and i'm definitely in it and i'm very pleased because i had massive not imposter syndrome necessarily because i feel in the wicked library i'm among friends very much so and i just love being there and i'm gonna keep bringing back some of the old installations of things the next thing i'm gonna share on twitter is a link back to last year's halloween anthology where they read my story staked and because mm-hmm. I really, really like that story a lot. I really liked that story too. A little bit of Scarecrow Magic. Yes. Yeah, so Just you. say Scarecrow Magic for me. Scarecrow Magic. I don't know what it is. Why you, When you say Scarecrow Magic, it sounds cool. <laughs> but yeah, um, so that anthology is going to be coming out. And other than that, like in real, real, real world, I'm going to be teaching a class that day. Oh. And there'll be an all day class and it's a production day. So I'm going to be at the school doing what I do. And putting out an, a, a 
newspaper with my students. So yeah, that's what I'm doing. That's so Halloweeny. I'm yeah. I've I have always I haven't trick or treated in years. I've never been big on Halloween parties. I've gone to a couple, but they're usually very last minute. And I just like I, I'm I'm so that kid that just wanted to sit at home and watch all the marathon horror movies on tv we're gonna watch some movies like definitely trick-or-treat is always on the roster every year even though i've already watched it for the show well this this is an easy one i love watching it so i'll watch it again easily uh we've been looking at going back to pumpkin inferno because we had gone there for our um anniversary like Mm -hmm. our anniversary but our wedding i guess our honeymoon we've gone to pumpkin So, yeah, we're going to go back to there. Mm -hmm. And there is a new event at Chateau Laurier here through Haunted Walk. So it's Haunted Walk plus, plus, plus. It's not really a murder mystery, but they are going to Chateau Laurier and doing something. Oh, very cool. So uh, not like they tour the haunted jail. So that's a haunted place they tour. But this is apparently another haunted house. And I've never been in Chateau Laurier. You got you got. uh married in the Ponta jail so yeah. so yeah this might be old hat for you no you've never been to the chateau no and i've never been to Saunders farm either and that's another thing on my little bucket list really? i hate the term bucket list yeah, yeah. I, I i agree that you know what especially because you know what's for buckets bobbing for apples it's in but, my uh my halloween bag list I there you go <laughs> you you know what it's in your plastic pumpkin my pumpkin bucket my list. pumpkin bucket list my there you pumpkin go pumpkin bucket list that makes it be- that makes it less wretchy to me yeah I feel. totally um oh my god saunders farm is so fucking fun like oh my like like i can't add like listen i haven't been there since i was a kid but like that's a whole fucking thing like that's fun like you definitely gotta go um at least one time because you know what i would rather you go and be like well this isn't really for me as opposed to like um never going because like oh my god well even just the cornrow mazes and stuff like that i want to see it and and I think like stuff like the hayride and, and stuff like that would be less appealing to you because like you know North Bay girl calendar I've been you on know, hayrides yeah, yeah you know it's like that's how you get to school every day <laughs> the look she too gives true me. <laughs> but uh, yeah that sounds really cool no but I'm probably just gonna be marathoning some horror movies that's also I think Halloween's on a Thursday or some nonsense like that this year or? I believe it it's either the Thursday or the no, it's yeah, it's on a Thursday because that's our production day. Yeah, and then they want to move it to a Saturday, so a lot of people will be celebrating on the Saturday if you yeah, need to do that. I guess, but I'll be uh, I'll be at work, so I'll be I'll be like you know at my most powerful. I'll be slinging up, yeah, produce and shit like that. I like how we're both working. We're both working because we're old, and also like. Um, I got a big responsibility. I got to get all those pumpkins ready for you guys. Like people buying all that shit, which is my favorite thing. And I was saying to Chris just the other day, I can, I picture like this weird mystical day, maybe the harvest moon before Halloween hits. There's Wes at two in the morning making pumpkin displays for us all. And it is that because like you can go to the superstore one day and there's like, you're like, Oh, there's no pumpkins. There's no Halloween stuff. And then the next day, like, elves cobbling your shoes together you wake up and there's this massive pumpkin display and the scarecrows and the stocks are everywhere and you're like i it's or like sam it's like you open up the door to your front house and there's like 60 pumpkins intricately carved 
I've visited you. Wow. <laughs> just, you know, pro tip. If you ever want to get the best wife ever, wake her up like that someday. You have. You are the pumpkin king. I am the real pumpkin yeah, king. You yeah, you proved that last year. You <laughs> could wake someone up with a yard full of carved pumpkins, couldn't you? Oh, my God. Yeah. Like All the reject pumpkins. <laughs> she wouldn't know. <laughs> just turn them around. No, my lady would be a very discerning pumpkin connoisseur. Oh, true story. True story. Mm-hmm. Do you know who else is a very discerning pumpkin connoisseur? Who that is? Rhonda. My God, is she ever. Let me ask you this. Do you think that she do you think that she really carved those or is she like friends with Sam? Oh my god, that is a fucking fantastic question. Because the the knowing Rhonda is a, is a is a young girl armed with secret knowledge. Knowledge that that the let's say the pumpkin spice latte consumers of the world mm-hmm. don't know anything about, but that knowing look she gave to Sam, and the fact that Sam does the same type of ornate pumpkin display for who Mr. Craig, yeah, exactly makes me wonder. It's like, did Sam do that for her? Because they know each other, because they're friends. Or did she carve them all and their friends, and she did that display? Exactly. For Sam. Like, like either way, that makes them friends. Because she, because like, there's no other person in the in in the movie. You can make an argument for the principal, but there, like, there's no other character in the movie that knows more about Halloween than Rhonda. True. So, so like, I would think that, like, you know what I mean? Like, that makes a lot of sense. And I mean, I mean. Sam knows how to carve stuff. Sam likes carving stuff. But, like, would he have taken those pumpkins from other less deserving or dead people mm-hmm. and bring them to Rhonda's because they're friends? Maybe. But it might also just be, like, pumpkin magic. Like, who oh, knows? Because, like, because, you know, uh, Sam at the end of the day is a little pumpkin boy. So, like, he, like he, I wonder if he could conjure them or something. Hmm. It's interesting. But, like, that's all I could think about when I watched this movie. I, I love this movie and I didn't I didn't think of that. I've never thought of that. I don't know why, but I did put in my notes and I've always noticed that time when Rhonda and Sam do meet. It's about the that's about the high point of the movie. That is at the apex of the movie. Mm. Um, just after we're coming off the crescendo. What I think of as the crescendo. It's one of the yes, and we'll talk about each story sequence in in turn, but like the one you're talking about, I believe it's it's like the the movie never really gets any creepier than that and also like, it's just a fantastic sequence. No, and it's sort of the way that the movie wraps up harkens back to that particular point in the film. Yeah. Where it is at its most relentless. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm absolutely. And it's also, um, well, I'll get into it more when we're, like, talking about it proper. The Trick or Treat is a film that has really captured horror fans' imaginations. And when people are talking about horror films that were released in the modern era nowadays like we're in 2019 so a film that was released in 2007 technically most people would have seen it in 2009 unless they were very lucky to be you know one of those people that could get into the festival circuit and shit like that um so let's just say 2009 so let's conservatively say for about a decade people have been hearkening this as one of the best horror movies uh, that was released in the 21st century for sure, and also one of the best anthologies ever made. Yeah, um, sure. You have a certain spot for creep show in your heart. Abso- Tales in the Dark Side. A- absolutely, uh, and and but like we don't have to like just to say something 
we can to elevate something we don't have to denigrate the others no and just because something came first doesn't make it better either exactly. but trick-or-treat does something that the others don't and it's not only in the storytelling and the way that it's crafted it's the way that it talks about horror and halloween entirely it really does and it has this fucking amazing palette this amazing visuals that it it is like when you were talking about quintessential halloween movies and you were talking about things like john carpenter's halloween things like uh night of the demons like that type of stuff it's like the most halloweeny halloween thing you could possibly do the opening animated sequence in night of the demons it's as if they took that sequence and turned it into a movie yeah and um was it michael daughtry daughtry's or doherty doherty mm-hmm. like shannon doherty from like, 90210 oh so michael doherty he this is his baby it starts with a short in the mid the late 90s or something like that starring sam 98 i think let me see i just you can hear my page is turning 96 it was oh. season's greetings and you know you can go onto youtube and see fan created stop motion of that and live action of that yeah it is right up there with the fandom as far as trick-or-treat yeah and and from that springs this wonderful film this wonderful world uh and and this character in sam that I put with characters like Jason and Michael and Pinhead, all of them. It's like, if you want to talk about one of the most iconic modern horror mascots, you have to include Sam. And you're there's, not saying that just to impress him because he's staring at you from around this room. No, because because yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Chris or uh, that's yeah, Chris's Chris, art, right? Yeah. He has this gorgeous. Um, prints of of uh, trick-or-treat with sam looking at me but i mean think about it this way i was like um like there's action figures there's funko pops there's posters there's t-shirts vinyl figures all of sam 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 like over and over and over again like like they knocked this out of the park with this character's design everyone fucking loves this i got to and it's weird that even just this year and this is how many fucking years later yeah the stores are full of even more sam yeah, you were telling me that uh, about the spirit of Halloween stuff and the Sam and all that kind of stuff just now. So like, it's crazy to me. Um, and and of course, uh, I had the, the 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 distinct pleasure to watch this film with yet someone yesterday who had never seen it before. And the first thing they loved Sam. Sam was what they were all about. I loved Sam before the movie even hit theaters, and I loved Sam in those little spots they showed on TV. Yeah. Back to school Sam and all the rules of Halloween yeah. Sam. I had a backdrop on my computer that was Sam, and it was one of the best shots of Sam. And we'll get into that when we talk about the mm. film, but like one of my favorite, most iconic images of Sam. Yeah. He is the new spirit of Halloween. And before that, what did we have? The Great Pumpkin? Yeah, the Great Pumpkin. The Great Pumpkin didn't even exist. Exactly. It's like, it's all it's all a fever dream of Linus. True. <laughs> Who was probably doing a lot of peyote. Probably. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, and, and, and that's what I love about this. And, and I agree, like, the second you saw Sam, you didn't need to know anything about him because his his image, his look, those oranges, that sack, the button eyes, the lollipop, throbbing oranges, throbbing veiny oranges thrust upwards to a bulbous tip 
I don't orange. think that's how the article went when you no, first read it. No, so I read an article years ago, gang, about, about this. That was a review of this movie, and I can't remember anything about this fucking review except for the fact that when they describe when they were describing the color palette, they referred to it as throbbing oranges, and I was so squicked out by that description that it is. It was. It's haunted me, like it Sam. Haunted you, because like Sam haunting me. Because I can't. No one can even say trick or treat. I don't think anyone. I don't think you or Chris or anyone ever mentions this movie around me without me waiting two seconds and then just saying throbbing oranges. Yeah, and, and, and unless you know Wes and where that's coming from, it might sound weird, but <laughs> it's not. Trust that's me. The story of my life. <laughs> Guess so. But the story of a lot of people's lives, yeah. truly, especially those that are, are given to things like echolalia and yeah. having that OCD intrusive thought of throbbing oranges. Yeah, yeah. It's fucked up, though. Sorry and- to have interrupted your train of thought, but you're saying oranges with that look in your eye. I know your brain is saying throbbing oranges. I'm, like, trying to, like, tap my hand and, like, do whatever I can to, like, keep my brain on track without saying, like, throbbing oranges. But it's impossible to not say throbbing oranges, to think about the color orange. Like, like I likened Night of the Demons to a grocery store Halloween display that just became a movie. This film is like the classier Michaels version of that, where it's like, just like how all the Halloween decorations are becoming more, you know, high quality and verbose and shit like that. This just has like a denseness, not only to the storytelling, not only to the visuals, but just the whole fucking presentation of the film. And I can't imagine anyone watching this without appreciating it I've never heard anyone say they don't like this movie or that it's overrated or anything like never, that. Never. No, you're totally right. But then again, I don't talk to a lot of people and I don't read many reviews. True. But from the get-go, from before this movie was even released, mm-hmm. <laughs> the reaction of the festival circuit has been overwhelmingly positive. Overwhelmingly positive. And this film also is the example that people use when they're talking about why something should have a theatrical release and why it shouldn't and what is deserving of it and what isn't. Um, this film was surrounded with a lot of starts and stops and controversy because of the fact that it was released. Uh, well, it was, it's a Warner brothers picture for starters, but um, I think it was really, it was their distribution, uh, the distributor Lionsgate was supposed to release this theatrically and it was supposed to have an October release and it didn't in 2007 but it didn't and it got pushed back and delayed and pushed back and delayed until all of a sudden it drops on dvd in 2009 and the overwhelming response to this film was then uh followed by the question of why a a film with that level of production, a film with named actors in it. Named actors, and that did a very good job, overwhelmingly a good job. And just, a, it's very good toe to tail. Mm-hmm. Toe to tail, mm-hmm. nose to tail. It's very good nose to tail. Yeah, nose to tail, very good. And why didn't this get a theatrical release? The simple question, or the simple answer to that is, studio thought they would lose money on it if they put it in the theaters. It's, it costs money to put things in theaters. But then we, as horror fans, say, why is a lot of crap getting pushed to the theaters 
when high quality stuff like this that horror fans will get behind and help push that product and seasonally horror fan or not people want to go and see something seasonal in the theaters and the fact that that this film is well known to horror fans but not well known to the general populace is a shame because i think there's a lot to recommend here just for even a casual horror fan everyone can get behind this movie yeah Pretty much. It's completely enjoyable, completely uh, watchable. It's not too dark, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's got some shit in it, but it's not, like, it's no more violent than Creepshow or any other uh, well-known anthology horrors and shit. Well, maybe now that Disney's closed the vault and the, all the repertoire theaters have very little to show, they could maybe pick up a reel or two of Trick or Treat. Mm. That might not be a bad idea. And I'll just show up in my Sam Footy pajamas. Oh, I want Sam Footy pajamas pretty damn bad. You actually could use some Footy pajamas because of how cold you get. But it's true. It's true. Um. So anyway, what fuck all that? What's this movie even about? Anyways, Lydia. This movie is about the rules of Halloween, according to Sam. What are the rules of Halloween, according to Sam? Number one: always wear a costume. Hmm. Number two: always pass out treats. Mm. Number three, never blow out a jack-o'-lantern. Oh. And four, always check your candy. Mm. Basically. There's other rules of Halloween, but these are the rules of Halloween that will see you straight through this film and will let you live. And Sorry. (laughs) I I was going to say, speaking of straight, there is the straightest straight couple that I've ever seen that opens up this fucking sequence, this this sequence of events, was so, so vanilla and lame that the lady showed up for Halloween dressed as a robot. The guy is like, I don't know what the fuck he's supposed to be, some sort of medieval... I thought he was like, yeah, like some sort of barbarian or something. I don't know, but first of all, she's a killjoy because she's like blowing out the pumpkin immediately and that raises the ire of sam and also they um she does she proceeds to take down decorations and the the, the neighborhood is swarming with kids like it's got to be like it's six still o'clock. early it's, it's g- still definitely early it's definitely it's probably like if you follow the timeline through all of this it's not even eight o'clock yet yeah it's maybe not as early as six but it's not eight o'clock you know what yet. I'm saying though yeah. like there's children everywhere like young children everywhere and she's like could you imagine on Christmas day it's like one o'clock in the afternoon and you're just fucking tearing the tree down and throwing it outside and tearing down the Christmas I can like, totally picture that uh, well, as a matter of fact but <laughs> you, you know what I mean yeah though. no not with Halloween and like she seals her own fate by saying she hates Halloween and she goes to blow out the can- the pumpkin and he says no you're not supposed to it's mm-hmm. tradition mm-hmm. and he sort of vaguely knows the the quote-unquote rules of Halloween. Mm-hmm. And she's like, it's Halloween, not Hanukkah. So she's like already dissed Halloween beyond repair. Yeah. And he, there's this couple is so straight and vanilla that to have sex, they have to go put in a VHS tape of pornography. Like basically Debbie does Dallas at that too. What I don't get is that she has hours of work ahead of her if she's going to tear down this display he has. And she's like, okay, I'll be in in a minute. You go put on the tape, wink, wink. So he's watching porn for how long while she plans to chase? Long enough to literally fall asleep and then get up. That's how early this still is. Because like when he wakes up, it's still nighttime. Yeah, and there's still trick or treaters. There's still trick or treaters out, and oh shit, while she's dead, and we only get a glimpse of what could possibly be doing this. 
Uh, when we first uh, see Sam, it's his POV, not unlike John Carpenter's Halloween, but this time we're seeing it through his, uh, you know, he's got like a sack, a, a burlap sack for a head. He's an adorable little baby scarecrow. He is, yeah. And like, Basically. In orange footy pajamas, and he's got himself a little sack that he's got treats in, you would assume. It's kind of filthy, and it actually meows at one point, so there's like animals in it or something. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe it is a whole ass cat or something. A half ass cat, poor cat, or or whatever. And his lolly, which mm-hmm. we do get a glimpse of this bitten off lollipop that he uses as a weapon. Yeah, this is um, this is uh, slasher with themes, a good theme going. Like he's got like candy shrapnel. He's got candy bars with exacto knives in them. He's got. Like a, a killer lolly. It's great. It's yeah. all great. No, it is. And he really is like a, a baby slasher. I never really thought of him as a slasher necessarily because mm-hmm. he, to me, is like a, a lord of Halloween. I would agree. Like, like it, it, it might be actually weirdly reductive to refer to him as a slasher because he is more of a spirit. He's more of a, a lord of, yeah, like if you were, if there was like that. Uh, Little Lord Samuel. <laughs> Yes, he's like, no, don't blow out the candies, or don't blow out the pumpkins, daddy. I want to celebrate Halloween now. <laughs> I'm sure that's exactly what he sounds like. But from there, we get cut to the comic book intro, which was definitely reminiscent of things like Creep Show, and mm-hmm. it goes to the Halloween, and it goes to the trick or treat comic books, which actually exist. Yeah. Uh, this, of course, as you know, me as a comic book fan and somebody who loves animation and art like that, I'm absolutely enamored with the sequence and also other comic book sequences that happen later on in the film. And this, the, that, I think the sharp colors really do make this seem like a comic book. Mm-hmm. Um, this is also early on into the film when we get into the meat of everything where trick or treat ends and shit like that. We get a, a really interesting aspect of this film that I literally forgot about. Now, full disclosure, I love this film. I've not seen it that many times. Not for any particular reason, just. Well, there's no requirement. Yeah, it's exactly. not one of the rules of Halloween to exactly. watch trick or treat. Exactly. Watch trick or treat. I mean, Although, it might be in this house. May, but, yeah. yeah. But, um, so I had forgotten how this, this is an anthology. For example, so for people who don't know, multiple stories to usually when we're talking about anthologies, it's like there's a sandwich story, either like, uh, you know, the, the in Creep Show or you have um, the witch with the, the feeding the kid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. However you want. Um, but uh, in this case, I had thought that it was a far more strict start and stop to three stories, four stories. And that was it. No, what this film does masterfully does is it's telling several stories simultaneously throughout the same night. Each one of these characters interacts with each other, even passing, even a very, in a very tertiary sense, all of these stories intermingle uh, and it's brilliantly done. And as you're watching other characters essentially become Easter eggs that you could think think to yourself, oh, here's that couple from the beginning of the movie. Exactly. And you can think of it in terms of segment one, two, three, four, five, wraparound. You can think of it in terms of that, but realizing that there's going to be a Venn diagram, I suppose, of when they overlap, or you're gonna have this like multiverse. So mm-hmm. let's we could call it the trick or treat multiverse, because it opens up with a very distinct 
set of characters in a distinct situation. They do come back later on at the very end, basically. Mm-hmm. But that's just like the biggest arc. The other ones, yeah, are woven like brilliantly, as you'd said, through the story. It is masterfully done, but it's not your fault for forgetting whether you've seen it a million times or not. In the course of writing my notes, I started out with segment two. And I'm like, well, what am I doing? I know that these, how these behave. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that did catch me off guard, even though I've seen this at least seven times, maybe mm-hmm. more, I'm not sure, is I always think that the werewolf thing, oops, spoiler alert, mm-hmm. happens like way at the end, but it's kind of near that midpoint. It is near the midpoint. Uh, you had pointed this out brilliantly. There's there's the, the, the bus sequence seems to be like a massive set piece. Yeah. Um, where but the story is kind of winding down, but the, because the werewolf story is kind of close, but like to the end, but... Also, there's what, lots of story to be had there's, there's, after that. There's a lot of story because they go back to the school thing, technically speaking. And mm-hmm. also the sequence that a lot of people remember from this film, because Sam is such a breakout character that everyone loves. The last story, he is the, it is, it does just become a slasher movie. Yeah. Like, but, and I don't, again, not in a reductive sense. I fucking love slasher well, movies. Completely. But that's where he's at his most brutal and we get to see no pun intended, more of Sam than we ever have. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, at this point, though, as we've got a little intro, we meet the one name actor that I'll never forget this kid's name, even though I don't normally remember kids' names as actors, but this name will ring a bell with you, even though it's not the same person. Brett Kelly. I, do you know? <laughs> That's what this little blonde kid's name is. He's walking around with a big, fat, dirty sack of candy, smashing pumpkins. He's got chocolate all over his face. He's yeah. a portly little fella. He, he's, he is like a Grimm's fairy tale child come to life. <laughs> he's Gunther or Uder. Uder. He's Uder. Don't make him run. I'm full of chocolate. Exactly. He is horrible. And he gets stopped by his principal. Mmm. Steve Wickens. Stephen Wickens. Yeah, and he is uh he's almost like a Michael Douglas and falling down type yeah. character. Just look real straight lace, white shirt, black tie, thick horn rimmed glasses, that type of shit. Stephen or Wilkins, not Wickens, but oh. uh played by Dylan Baker. He's been in all kinds of Yeah, stuff. he's super recognizable. So has this little Brett Kelly kid. Yeah. So it's neat to have these two name actors face off at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And that's and and this is where you get this really interesting sequence because you know there's something off about this fucking guy. The way he's talking to that kid, the way he's like, I love the line where uh, you know it's like, "Don't waste a good lie, lie on candy." Mm-hmm. But I was like, "That's a good line, man." Um, I also like that all oh, my other knives are dull because yeah. he just had to go buy another knife to carve a pumpkin. Yeah, and he's like sitting there. There's something about like sitting on a porch with a dude who's. Telling you the telling you the the origins of Halloween all aggressively and kind of crappily carving a jack o' lantern kind of angrily yeah and 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 of course uh, since it's a movie knives make sounds that they don't make which is like swing swing have you ever tried making noises yeah, like that I have yeah, okay. and it's fucking it's not impossible you can do it but never doing the things that people are doing in movies <laughs> like like if, if if this was movie logic if I had a fucking butter knife in my hand and I just kind of waved it around a little bit it would be going like swing 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 
I love knife sounds in movies. Me too. It's nice when my old Martha Stewart set, when I pull out of the knife block real fast. Yeah. Sort of do that. But yeah. Yeah. Um, I like this a lot because it does remind me of another um, master of horror, Stephen King, in his story, Stand By Me, which is not very scary. No. But, but it's very pukey. It is. Man. This puking scene is fucking hilarious. I love it so much. And I was like, there's nothing more appropriate than this disgusting child, like just puking out what looks like eight pints of chocolate. Yeah, it's awesome. All over the steps and gross as shit. And oh, it sounds yeah. horrible. It's done very, very well. Yeah. Yeah. This might be one of those things that kept it out of theater. There's, come on, like, the, like, <laughs> like House of a Thousand Corpses went to the theaters. Yeah, right. You know you're what I mean? you're like, totally right. Um, yeah. No, very, 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 very true. So he has poisoned this kid. He, you know, flash forward, goes to bury the kid in the backyard. This sequence of, uh, the, the reason why I love this and, and all of these stories is they occupy um, the classic storytelling, the O. Henry style storytelling of EC Comics, uh, particularly the kids sequence. But this sequence um, has such a great twist that i love and it's so like deliciously macabre like that's what i love if i listen if i was trick-or-treat's press release like that's what i would say yeah um and then talk about throbbing oranges but it's so funny to watch this guy try to essentially he's got a kid pit he's like fuck it oh you don't have your painting he's like john wayne gacy he's got a boy pit yeah, he does have a boy pet, which is, and he also has a son at the same time and a nosy neighbor. So he's got like Mr. Wilson on the other side, which is <laughs> Krieg, but it's like Mr. Wilson, like, hey, what are you doing back there? And he's sicking his dog on people and, and catch like. Get your kid off my lawn. Yeah. Who's that kid? We'll find out. But like. Yeah, little Billy. Well, yeah. This <laughs> creepy. Like, Dad, can we carve the pumpkin? And his dad's trying to bury a body in the backyard. Kids yeah. does not seem to notice or care. Yeah. He's yelling through the window, I'm back from ha- uh, trick-or-treating. Let's go carve the pumpkin. I don't want to watch Charlie Brown's an asshole. And like <laughs> saying all the, like yelling in the backyard, getting the other neighbor riled. And like his dad's trying to like, shh, Billy, I'll be in in a minute. You can understand now a little bit where that anger was coming from while he was carving the pumpkin on the front porch. The anger when he's like mimicking his child and they start setting up that he is gonna kill his kid basically because what we think is gonna happen his kid is a snot-nosed little ginger and the his wife is dead and apparently at some point the kid had said like why did mom die instead of you or something like that like um and they do this long ass fucking sequence where he's got the knife behind his back and he needs help carving the jack-o'-lantern you gotta help me with the face and well it's not a jack-o'-lantern no it's young brett kelly little diabetic charlie who had just puked buckets of like fucking chocolate puke all over the front steps do you think he's named charlie because of like charlie and the chocolate factory Oh my, it could be. Or just like Charlie Brown's an asshole, sort of like we've got this whole Charlie thing and yeah. death Charlies. Yeah, right this now. idea of taking a human head. So he's he's creating like a little murderer just like him. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, he's got to do this quick because he's got a date later. Like any of this would be noticed in this town either anyway. Like all the yelling that we had worried about a moment ago where and worrying even like part of you would worry that the kid is looking out in the back 
backyard and the dad is covered in blood and digging a boy pit in the backyard quite obviously you stop worrying about this kid and you start understanding that the, the rules are easily bent in this town because this is all taking place in warren valley ohio which seems to be a halloween town because the news broadcasters are showing the street party that is happening city center and this is a rockin halloween town this is like salem times a thousand yeah this is if you like halloween why haven't you moved here already in the middle of all this, we meet four girls that are out for the evening, and they're going to, I don't know, go party, I suppose? It's 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 hot girl summer, but like th- when we're talking about sex Christmas, yeah, this is pretty much like... And this is what, what people want. And this is how they subvert it, though, because the, you, you, you think we're getting our victims here. Here's a bunch of victims. Yeah, bunch of victims. They got their cute little outfits. Lori's dressed up as Little Bo Peep or no, sorry. Little Red Riding Hood. Lori's dressed up as Little Red Riding Hood and her sister's dressed up as Little Bo Peep and there's two other girls and they're all dressed like oh, like Disney scantily. Princess. Yeah, titty yeah. popping Disney princesses. Yeah. That's really what it is. And they're trying to get like dates yeah. to go to this party they're going to go to. Yeah, and they seem like pretty, like, kind of whatever. Like, oh, the guy ringing up my $200 costume. I know, I know. Anyway, $200 costume. Uh, The guy ringing up that. Oh, yeah, you can be my date. (laughs) Two guys, like, like, doing, like... The news guys, yeah, basically. Yeah. They're like, hey, let's get in the news van. We'll go to a party. It's in Sheep's Meadow. Come on. Yeah, it's like, we're out of town. Yeah. But here's the thing. It's, um... Anna Paquin's character, she's twenty-two year old virgin. You know, uh, oh, my first time to be special. My first time to be special. Like, don't say it. You're fucking embarrassing. Her sisters are looking out for her. Um, you know, their their mother's always worried about her because she was the runt of the litter. So she needs to like have them look out for her, and they're constantly worried. And they're saying like. You know, don't be too forward. Play hard to get. Like, you know, they're really. She's really trying to. Like, they're really trying to like help her land a guy. And you're wondering. I was just like, what does it really matter? Like, you're just gonna go what? Like, like suck beer in the woods? Like, who cares? Like, you no, have really. a date or not? And and on first viewing, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't see what they're setting up in their costumes. In saying that she's the wrench of the litter. In them going to Sheep's Meadow. Like yeah. the places that they're going, the things that they're doing, the way that they're acting, the things that they're saying. It really does plant seeds for the end game of the story which we don't see for some time because no. we're going to leave these four girls hunting the streets for sexy men yeah we're going to go hang out with four other halloweeners well, halloweenies more like it they're little kids and we've seen them already because they were in the first sequence as well because they were doing they were collecting jack-o'-lanterns for a scavenger hunt that uh wilkins yeah Principal Wilkins. Yeah, Principal Wilkins, like, he was like, you're not going to smash it, are you? He's very much against uh, Billy Corgan and Smashing Pumpkins. He hates... (laughs) He's against Halloween hijinks. He does. He is. He he likes people to be respectful. He is a person that probably follows Sam's rules that they keep mentioning sort of casually throughout all these sequences. Um, We... This sequence I fucking love. Not only... Listen, I love horror. I love... Halloween. I love this fucking film, and I love all of. The, I, there's not a minute of this movie where I'm like, "Ugh, get to the next thing." Every minute of this film is fucking immaculate to me. It's per, it's a perfect movie as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. But this is my favorite story, and this is my favorite story too. I think it's because we've met these kids and we see them here and there, but the story is told almost 
from beginning to end. Sort of like the first story, too, with the principal and his son. It is told without too much interruption. This one is such a well-wrought story to begin with. The whole, you could watch a whole movie of just this story and be as mm. entertained. I love stories centered on Halloweens that focus on children. Mm-hmm. That was, to me, when Halloween was the most important and the most alive, was when I was trick-or-treating with my siblings and going out. And you felt like it was a time where adventure and mystery and mysticism could happen. And so going on this adventure, and this involves all the things that I love, tricks and old forgotten lore and creepy fucking children. There was a few years that my mom had hosted some Halloween with me and my little cousins and stuff out at my grandma's farm. And Mm -hmm. we would tell scary stories and hang out with the scarecrow and go into the field in the mist and stuff like that. And it was scary. So it felt sort of like this in a way, Mm -hmm. except this has a very, very dark twist to it. And not only because they're sort of playing a trick with no treats on Rhonda, who they refer to as an idiot savant. Yeah. I guess it's better than they called her a retard before that. Yeah. Like, and, and Rhonda is, uh, She's probably on the spectrum. She comes out of this house that has a hundred jack-o'-lanterns. And this is why Rhonda's picture is featured on the disc of the special edition. I mean, there's lots of pictures of Sam everywhere, but when you open up that box and you pop in that disc, it has a picture of Rhonda on it because her in front of her house with all these pumpkins is every Halloween girl's dream. Oh my God. All I could think of, like I was like, if only... My parents would spend $2,000 a year on pumpkins. (laughs) I had wanted to um, exponentially increase our pumpkin gathering here at Mm. Casa de la Grest. And and it is cost prohibitive to buy like two more pumpkins every year to a point that we're buying like 18 pumpkins like every Mm. single. And then you got to carve them. It's a whole ass thing. And then what do you do with them after? Like they just rot. Yeah, I mean, we have no hippos to feed them to. If you want some real entertainment, go onto YouTube and type in pumpkin hippo. Just feeding pumpkins to hippos? It's great. It's wonderful. <laughs> that sounds hilarious. Oddly satisfying. You know what else is oddly satisfying? Mm. Watching a, a young lady school everyone on her knowledge about Halloween. Over and over, too. And basically scare a little chip into silence. <laughs> I like your and eye patch. She, yeah, she has to end it with I like your eye patches. And and that sums up speaking to normies about a lot of topics on a daily basis. To yeah. the point, like, that's the sort of thing that you know that future Rhonda will be like, yeah, remember that time when I tried to talk to Chip about Halloween and I had to dumb it down to his level and tell him I liked his eye patch? Yeah. Because why even open my mouth? That's where it's going to end up. Mm-hmm. If I have anything to say to people, it might as well be, I like your eye patch. Not only did Rhonda carve all these pumpkins, we assume. I'm wondering about maybe, now, yeah, m- you have maybe, a theory. maybe Sam helped her. We'll say Sam helped. Because I don't want to take it away from her. Because I also like the fact that she's artistic. She made her costume. This gorgeous witch costume that looks really well made. Yep. And and so this is a person that takes her Halloween very seriously. And, well, they're going down to a quarry. Uh, I suppose it's more of a... It is a quarry. Why would Rhonda not know the story? Why? 
that doesn't make any sense to me because she seems like the type of person that would love a macabre story like this. Oh, she's probably hung out in the city archives. Exactly. Oh, yeah, like microfiche. And, oh, for oh, sure. For sure. Um, but here's the thing. Um, a lot of kids, the kids all seem not entirely square on what the story even is because a couple of them have heard of it. One of them hasn't heard of it at all. Rhonda doesn't really seem to say one thing or another about it. Um even Macy, the ringleader, seems to be embellishing. Yeah. But maybe she's telling a story that's way more true than she even realizes. And also, it's not entirely clear what they were going to do. Like, there's, There seems to be missing elements of the story. And we'll get into that. But essentially, there were eight children who were different. And you could all assume that they were probably a lot like Rhonda. Mm-hmm. Back 30 years ago, so we're talking... Treated very differently. Treated very differently in the 1980s when you have different children with autism on different levels of the spectrum and stuff like that. Um, or any other development de- delay, yeah, developmentally like delayed. Yeah, developmentally delayed. Like disorders. Whatever. But like the, the, the premise seems to be that these were like waspy families that felt like their children were embarrassment. So they decided to chain them to or or pay a bus driver and before that dress them up in literally the creepiest fucking halloween mask that you possibly could i was thinking looking at this sequence i'm like okay like i was a kid when these kids were young so i would have been the same age why is it that they all look like they're wearing masks like you know when you see i thought they made their masks that's that's where i that's the only thing that explains it to me some of them look made some of them look like paper mache some of them are like literally a plastic bag some of them are bought store bought though but i was like when i was a kid halloween masks didn't look like this these look like photos when you're just like look at kids trick-or-treating in 1915 and they're wearing these god-awful horrible things terrifying if you ever want to have nightmare fuel yeah go and look for 1930s halloween costume photos and preferably black and white but that is exactly it and especially like the the main kid character of dracula oh yeah his mask is absolutely terrifying and looks beyond like beyond something that these kids could have made and who knows but it's that's the only explanation to me because i thought that too i'm like they were this is definitely like mid 80s so this these are very old looking or very rudimentary or very primitive-looking masks. Yeah. There's no other explanation other than these kids must have had a hand in picking them without much adult supervision or yeah. creating them. And But, like, the, the, the design in the sequence is brilliant. Not only is it the only sequence that happens during the day, yeah. because th- this story happens in late afternoon. And so those those oranges, those throbbing oranges, really pop in the sequence. Yeah. And also, oh, my God, all the pumpkins in this whole story sequence are so gorgeous. Really, truly. And even, you know, the bus driver has been paid to take care of these children. Yeah. And he gives them all a little bit of candy, making sure their chains are secure in the bus, and drives it over the edge of a cliff into this quarry. Well, that, that is- seemed to be the plan, kind of. I'm like, what are you trying to accomplish? I was like, are you trying to poison them and they can't escape? Are you going to push the thing in there? See, I think he was going to like put a brick on the gas pedal. I think that was the that point. That makes sense. But then Dracula gets free of his binds. Because he keeps muttering the wrong way. As soon as Because he's counting the house numbers as the yeah. bus is going. And as soon as they go the wrong way, he's muttering wrong way, wrong way. And then he wants to go home. He frees himself from his shackles and starts the bus with the bus driver still inside um, the story, as told by Macy, is concluded with, and no one ever heard from the bus driver again. 
so sort of leaving that hole open as to whether the bus driver survived or not, but none of the children did. So eight kids died, and they show this nice sequence of the uh, masks Mask coming up, floating up, up yeah. and pumpkins, yeah, for whatever reason. Who knows? Floating yeah. in the water with this drowning bus. This it's town so is so cool. This town is just lousy with pumpkins. There's going to be pumpkins everywhere. It is. And they brought eight eight pumpkins to snuff out uh, to honor the dead. Yeah. Um. This all is an elaborate trick. Yeah. Whether the kids know the story is true or not, or they're honoring the dead or whatever, they're out there to scare Rhonda. They really are. And and when the, the sequence is pretty convincing. Uh, Especially because, like, what rock quarry do you know of that has a working elevator that has a key that these kids somehow have access to? Yeah. It's crazy to me. And not only that, but the rusted bus. Yeah, it's still down there. It's still down there. And it it makes me think, oh, it sounds to me like for some reason in this quarry, there was a bus that sank and got stuck and rusted out and has been there for decades. And then a story cropped up around the fact that this bus was already here. Uh, And then, but all of a sudden, Rhonda's friends, well, they're not really her friends, but they started disappearing and Chip, her little pirate buddy, won't leave uh, the elevator so she goes ahead on her own and uh i remember watching that with with, with the person i was watching this with and they're like they're like uh, why, why would she go for it and i'm like because she's armed with secret knowledge there's something that Rhonda knows it's not that she's not scared but i feel like she believes that she's equipped to deal with whatever this the supernatural world because she has a lit know. pumpkin. She has a lit pumpkin. That's a yeah. that's a big thing. I was like, maybe she would she would like throw salt out of her pockets that she happened to <laughs> she have. She probably does have pockets full of salt. Yeah. Um. So this is really a, a fucking amazing sequence. And what I dig about this is the big reveal is that of course, oh shit, it was a prank. Chip's not really being disemboweled. It's all fake. It was all just to scare. And they do feel. Well, they feel mostly bad, I think, because she broke her glasses. She bro- That was the other thing. I was like, man, I, like she's scared and she bopped her head. I would be furious if someone broke my glasses. Mm-hmm. Glasses are not fucking cheap. It's hundreds of dollars plus a fucking eye exam to get your goddamn uh, glasses done. And and she's holding her head. There's one guy like like the like the, Schrader. Yeah. yeah, he's like like you know comments on her like oh you look pretty and this and the other thing. It's like oh maybe so a budding romance or something. Uh, Macy does not care for that. Um, but uh, like a jealous like mean girl type wouldn't. And we're already pissed at all those kids, regardless of how they feel anyway, because they've maybe dangled friendship in front of her face and like which is yanked the, it up which is the her. cruelest thing. Yeah. You made this person feel included. Yeah, that's the biggest cruelest thing of all and it's a trick often pulled by children that doesn't get noticed by parents so if you ever deal with like bullying and things like that as a parent or among other children um there's something more insidious that has probably happened that you don't know about and it's something probably a lot like this yeah absolutely but can you blame Rhonda for what she does next Oh my god this movie really turned a corner for me i was enjoying it the first time i saw it but when they show Rhonda's reaction, and this is a classic O. Henry EC comic story. We're pretending to be zombies. We're pretending to be the undead. And then, oh shit, they really, those children really are coming back and they look fucking grotesque. Yeah. Oh my God. Those Halloween costumes covered in muck mm-hmm. and 
filthy. They're still chained and they're looking all of like Marlowe, the ghost of Christmas past or oh whatever. Oh my god. And like good lord knows what they're going to fucking do to you. Tear you apart. Yeah. Um, ugh. But this, they fucking go for this. They kill kids. They kill this. kids and Rhonda, the sole survivor, yeah. does not give a shit. No. She waves at them. Even the guy who was nicest to her no. She just presses the button, goes up, and do you think those kids would have at least tried to hold on? I would have. If I, I was too. I would have been in those kids' situation, I don't think. But yeah, I would have been jumping for that cage. I was like, I can hold on up. for dear life. I was like, at least if even if the fall killed me, it's better than getting ripped apart by ghost children. Yeah. Um like I, I that's that's what I was saying when I was watching the movie. It's like they didn't want to live enough. They deserve to die. I thought it would might be like the first time watching it, maybe older teenagers that yeah. knew Rhonda that yeah. had seen this happening or something but yeah. no because oh, all the sound effects they do like those are people screeching and you hear the gushiness and you hear the ripping and yeah. breaking of bones those are really dying children and yeah. Rhonda gets up to the top and who's waiting there for her? Her friend Sam her I guess we can't say her friend Sam but, but like but like Sam is there watching and I don't know if he's summoned by if he's summoned by the, the the children, like the spirit of Halloween, the thinning of the veil, however you want to look at it. Or having pumpkins snuffed out. Having pumpkins snuffed out. And he realizes that, no, she's there. She's got her lit pumpkin and that's her pumpkin. And so Sam leaves her alone. Or it's just she looks at him. At the very least, she looks at Sam. I believe Rhonda knows who that is. Oh, yes, completely. And I think Sam understands that this is a kindred spirit. And she goes one way and he goes the other. Yeah. That's that. It's the the most poignant moment that we have of Sam's character building, mm-hmm. where he's not just a relentless evil demon yeah. at all. He has he's bound by these particular rules, and there is like that understanding that passes between them. Mm-hmm. And maybe it makes Rhonda a little less liminal. Maybe mm-hmm. she's a little bit on the other side of this veil. Yes. And and at the very least, like perhaps she did make a friend tonight. Perhaps if they weren't friends already, maybe they're friends now. Um which I which I really enjoy. I really enjoy the sequence of this film quite a bit. Somewhere during this um escapade of the school bus massacre, Rhonda hears werewolves. Her she and does. Chip hear the wolves howl and she says, oh, Werewolves yes. and she part becomes- of you wants to be like, Oh Rhonda <laughs> But the other part of you, especially the part of you that finishes watching this film, understands that Rhonda's 100% right. Absolutely. She's 100% right. There's this entire sequence that's happening um, throughout this film in which we see a mysterious cloaked masked man. And he's. Uh, it seems like it might be a vampire story. Yeah. Um, he is uh, his, uh, He is biting a, a young lady at the party at this street this raucous uh street party and this woman with blood dripping down her neck from the bite comes to our robot and barbarian couple that are gonna die later and they're like oh she's just drunk and of course she's surrounded by people who all have like grievous wounds like for their costumes and shit ends up getting killed and um, just left on the street. As Which if- reminds me sort of like of Jack the Ripper. So he's, he is definitely yeah. some sort of vampire. We see fangs, but he, he has this Jack the Ripper vibe about him. Yeah, like especially like if you replace the cloak with like a top hat or something like that, it would yeah. definitely be a little doctor's bag, big mutton chops. Yeah. But um, 
this is where we see Anna Paquin and like this, like this is where this whole little red riding hood costume looks so gorgeous. Like the red, like it's so vibrant. She's walking down that path and she knows that she's being followed by this mysterious masked man who's already killed once tonight and seems to be wanting to kill again. And meanwhile, she's trying to get to her sister's party, their their stupid bush party. Yeah, because they all took off with their dates. Quote they unquote. did. And, and she said she'll be all right on her own. Her her sister, the we could assume the oldest, the one that looks like either Cinderella or, or Bo Peep or whomever, um, she is the most concerned for Anna Paquin. Like she's like constantly like, like mothering her, like calling her all the time. Like, where are you? We got you a date. It's this fucking big baby man. Which is amazing. Yeah. He has a good personality. Yeah. And she's like, he's hideous. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. so funny. Um, You know, and, and I, I do like this and and it's really setting up this, this weird, I'll be honest with you. The first time I was watching this movie, I did not see any of this coming neither did i and i um you know what does come saved it for me because like you had said that they're subverting this whole sex christmas bullshit that mm-hmm. halloween becomes for some people mm-hmm. um they they really do tear it a new one yeah no pun intended <laughs> Especially since we're talking about like, oh, look, it's like the meek. Here's the virgin, yeah. and and here's all our like you know titty popping Cinderellas and shit like that. And we're just all going to be drinking beers and having bush parties and trying to. It's like it's a slasher movie. It really is like that type of shit, and it is subverting that idea of 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 just what people who people who are very serious about Halloween kind of resent. Yeah, is is the sex Christmas? So now you're like, oh, here's it. an actual vampire that's gonna come eat them all. Great, and, and I great. like this. <laughs> but man, this sequence is fucking brilliant because we see the body, of someone cloaked in that cloak, that Red Riding Hood cloak, just slam into the party, and as if dropped from a great height. As if dropped from a great height, and who is it? It's our masked man. But who's our masked man? This- Principal Stephen Wilkins. It was his date. His date was like, he, he didn't have a date. He was going to go and kill women in the fucking downtown party. That was his date. That was his date. And th- let me, let me, the last, what these, hmm. I thought initially, oh, they're vampires or this is a coven of witches. The thing they are, which is werewolves, yeah. did not cross my mind at all no and of course i was like oh witches you know question mark are this is this Rhonda's older sister yeah or something like that or perhaps this mother that they're always talking about like who protected her because the last time we see anna paquin this dude is like ripping into her neck and he's like my what big eyes you have like mm-hmm. basically doing that shit and you think oh that's really weird but she is little red riding hood so that kind of Makes sense. Yeah, totally. Tracks. And then, th- then she kind of walks in, and her hair's all down, and she looks a little different. But oh, and the, sexed up. It's a little sexed up, and the girls aren't concerned at all. And then when he looks around, he sees all the dudes there are dead. Yeah. And then it's not virginity, as in like penetrative sex or anything that like that. We're talking about murdering people. It's her first time. It's no matter how time. you want to look so, at it, Wes, it's so her first time. Bear with me. It's such a great line. <laughs> That's wonderful. And 
She throws right back at him too. What big eyes you have. What big eyes you have. And the transformation sequence is fucking amazing. More or less. There's some things to be desired of these werewolves. I love. Uh, yeah, for sure. But they kind of like look when they're fully transformed. They look like uh, American Werewolf in London to me. Mm. Like that sort of like just very, very wolf-like. But the tearing I, of the skin is great. I, that's I like what I that love. I, yeah. I had never seen it like quite like that. And the idea that they're like getting naked and then it almost looks like they're zipping down their skin to like turn into werewolves and again we don't see enough werewolf shit so like this the fact that they went with werewolves is amazing to me yeah 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 wonderful stuff with that in mind aside from the wonderful apex that we had seen with the school bus massacre and that just gut-wrenching story truthfully and then this uh sort of fun surprise twist ending question mark it's not because we have an entire segment if you will that have we've already seen half of it play out to Mm -hmm. a certain extent because we knew that sam was kind of dicking around in the yards while wilkins who we've just seen die was being yelled at by his neighbor krieg and we had seen a scene in which um wilkins was looking at his window and it looked like that old man was calling for his help and and he was like screw you and when he goes into his door we see something knock that old man over yeah this sequence is fucking amazing what do you think of this old man's house he's got like a fucking phonograph he's got like i love his house (laughs) i was like why a dude that's like been a shut-in since the 80s why does this house look like he's been a shut-in since like 1920. His wife decorated it, and being uh, the man he is, mm. never bothered to redecorate ever. And everything's in pretty good condition because he's not like he's a shut in for the most part. And his COPD seems to be bothering him to a certain extent. So he's not very mobile, mm. but he's not too dirty. Yeah. And he, this is if we are going to go ahead and officially call. Like, Halloween is literally just Christmas now. Like, in terms of... This is the Ebenezer Scrooge. Definitely. This is what this is. Because this guy does... The trick-or-treaters come to his door. He scares them with his dog in a Halloween costume. Steals their candy. Steals He doesn't give candy. out candy. No. He doesn't even have a pumpkin. No. Does not care for Halloween whatsoever. No. A miserly, miserable old man. He's not wearing a costume. No. He's wearing a bathrobe and he's burning memories. What the fuck? Who throws photographs in a fire on halloween night well maybe this guy does because we see near the end ish that he's the bus driver he is the bus driver um great memories to burn really truly but it makes it makes a little more sense why he has no real regard for halloween because the last halloween he spent celebrating quote unquote he handed out candy to a bunch of children he murdered he definitely did. and Because we're pretending that he didn't celebrate any Halloweens in between. <laughs> well, I mean, he probably became more and more of a shudder as, as things yeah. progressed. Either his own guilt for that moment uh, or, or whatever. I don't know what the parents of these children would have offered him. I suppose enough sum of money for him to never really have to work again because it looks like he just stays indoors all day. But at this point, we are he is going to get visited by children and then visited by the mischievous Sam who is going to decorate his porch, not unlike Rhonda's. Yeah, very much so. It's not as big as her display. 
No, but it's pretty good, too. It's very Halloween-y. Yeah. And it's shoving Halloween right in his face. Not only has Sam redecorated his front porch, there's been a little bit of interior decoration that has gone on since. Trick or treat. Give me something good to eat. Do you think that's dog's blood? I I think it might be, but I don't know. Like Sam has already killed a cat. He condones child murder. He murders himself. Like there could be any kind of blood, really. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love this. I I love him pulling the wrapper off his candy bar to reveal there's like an exacto blade in it. I love the flaming pumpkin in the corner. Yeah, like that was the cover, the picture that I had had on my on my desktop, which Sam standing there still with his burlap mask on and the flaming pumpkin and all the writing on the wall like wonderful shot wonderful mm -hmm. iconic that is sam to me yes like sam to me is also a little cute guy ringing doorbells on halloween is in the animated short mm -hmm. that's also sam to me with little footy pajamas and yeah dragon oh, he's and... so small and cute he is like... so small and cute oh my god he's I even love... small and cute here and, uh, interestingly he was played by um a little kid, Quinn Lord, who was from Canada, and he was seven years old when he played. I've seen yeah. him at a convention, a fan expo, and the lineup for him was, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, too long to wait in. <laughs> so he, he was rivaling the Walking Dead people? It was crazy. Yeah. Like, I was already, I think I was in line at that point to see um, maybe Linda Blair. Okay. And he was off to the side, and I was like, you know what? After I wait for this, I'll go to so that. Would, would you rather hear dog stories or go talk to Sam? <laughs> I don't know. Like, in, in hindsight. I, I tell you this much. I got dog stories. <laughs> but um, I, I always said to myself, if I ever see him at a convention again, I'm definitely going to want to get a signed Sam photo. That would be cool. Yeah, because it'll look great on the wall. But um, So Krieg dies, right? Yes. Because you'd want him to die. You want him to die because he killed all those kids, right? No. So what ends up happening is is actually, this is what I love about this, and this is what cements Sam as a being of rules. Yes. Because he is a kid that is going to kill you, but then almost like the headless horseman, and you've crossed that bridge, this guy gets out on what I believe is a technicality. It definitely is, because he doesn't necessarily give out candy at this but, point but like he kind of does because sam takes his very iconic lolly mm -hmm. and bites it by the way we should mention that sam gets unmasked in this sequence yeah and he's not very cute at all no he's a gross little pumpkin boy filled with pumpkin guts because he gets shot the fuck out of yeah and and he can like, take it though he can because there's even like an almost like an evil dead 2 sequence or an adam's family like sequence in which he can reassemble himself, like the pumpkin guts wrap around each other and shit like that. Which makes him even more powerful and somehow more adorable. Yeah, and he's got his burlap sack on again. And I don't think, like, like Sam to me is unkillable. Like, you can't mm -hmm. kill him. Even if I were, even if in my mind, if you were to vaporize him down to the last atom somehow. There'd be a little pumpkin seed that would just go bloop and a little sprout would come out and he'd grow Sam. Yeah, but like, or even if, let's say even he destroyed that. Come October 31st, the next year again, he would just be back, like, miraculously. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think, like, in he's an unkillable spirit, a lord of Halloween, really. Completely. Um, When when uh, he bites it and he's got his iconic bit lolly knife slash thing. Yeah. Boom, hits that, gets that candy bar. And then that's it. But in the same way as, like, 
Ebenezer Scrooge, after he got visited by all those spirits and death scared the shit out of him the most, yeah. he was like, oh, I haven't missed it. God bless us, everyone. And so the next time we see him, he's giving out candy. He's giving out candy because he accidentally gave out candy to Sam, which saved his life. And now he's got a mummy costume because one of the kids says, nice mummy costume, Mr. Creek. And he's not dressed up as a mummy. He's bandaged up because he just got the shit kicked out of him by Sam. Yeah, His Achilles tendon, I'm pretty sure, got slashed. Yeah, it did terribly. And that's one injury I hate seeing. And this has done very well. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, 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 he should be going to the hospital. The person that I wa- watched this with said it really reminded them of like that sequence in Pet Cemetery yeah. when the kid is... Slashing the ankles and shit. And I was like, oh my god, you're right. It's yeah. Horrible stuff. But, um, well, all's well that ends well. Gotta admit. And you know, when he looks outside, we see a big convergence of all these stories. We see the, 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 the robot barbarian couple with their sex tape walking home. We see Sam waiting out watching them. We see Rhonda with her little red wagon and pumpkin cut across traffic who's in the car the girls the girls the werewolves and they're just coming back from sheep's meadow and they're all sort of drunk on the kill drunk on the kill yeah and and then we see what do we see but like you know you know his neighbor next door and shit like that like uh, you know going out and And the little kid next door billy he's wearing his dad's bloody shirt sort of waiting for dad to come home waiting for dad to come home (laughs) and well, he's going to go back into his house, but here's the door ring again. Yeah, ding dong. Who do you think it would be? We just saw everybody that we've met so far, right? Almost everybody. Almost everybody. We need our zombie children. Yeah, wrong way. Wrong way. Wrong way. Man, do these kids look fucking terrifying at his oh, door. Yeah. Oh, my God. The bunny, the kid in the bunny costume is fucking horrifying to me. So this is part of why Sam maybe let him go. Because he's like, you know, I know you got a day with destiny mm-hmm. coming up here. And since these kids have been awoken because of the, the pumpkin offering or yeah. whatever magic these other kids inadvertently pulled... Now, he would know that they're heading to get their comeuppance from Krieg. Really seriously. And mm-hmm. they this sequence is great because it cuts to uh, comic book pages where this guy is essentially just getting ripped apart by these fucking children. But mm-hmm. I guess he didn't burn the memories well enough. Uh, haunting stuff. A wonderful way to end this, this film. And we're all ready for Trick or Treat 2. Yeah, yeah, we have been for a number of years now. Yeah, it's been, I mean, it's 2019 now. Well, he, two years ago, he talked about, quite seriously talked about, liking, he would like to get to it. Who knows? I mean, who knows? He followed this up with Krampus, which we've already covered on this uh, mm-hmm. uh, thing. Um, um, Another ho- holiday would be great, too, but I mean... Um, I'm not holding my breath as much as I do hold my breath irrationally for other things. Mm -hmm. I'm not holding my breath for this. But, I mean, it would be nice for sure. Mm -hmm. But we have our number one wonderful Sam incarnation until then. We do. Well, what do we got next for him? Coming up next, we have our dreaded... Excited. Be excited. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm excited for these movies because I like them very much. But, I mean, it's going to be a Halloween special commentary track episode of Dead Air. We're going to do Hellraiser. We're going to do... Uh, that part's nice. Yeah. <laughs> you guys should have seen how sad she looked until she said Hellraiser. And then she perked up again like you had a coffee. Yeah. 
Um, yes, we're going to be doing a commentary track. This is, we do these every year. Uh, thankfully, thanks to forcibly for Lydia, thankfully for me. Yeah. Um, but they make they make for breezy content. They do make for breezy content, and it helps us get to all the other things that we're doing for Halloween That's around true. that time and this busy time of year. And it's just so we can enjoy fall as it is, because we do like this season for many reasons. Um, and it appeases Wes. It's sort of like a birthday for Wes. It is kind of like a birthday, but it is appeasing to me. It is kind of like you you are being nice and you're letting and you're allowing this to happen, which I really appreciate because I would feel weird if we didn't do something special for Halloween because not only gang is this um you know, a special time for us because we're a horror podcast and we love horror and the Halloween season and shit like that. But also, many years ago, is this is the month that we launched the Dead Air podcast. So, yep. the anniversary of Dead Air podcast is September twenty seventh, twenty fourteen. Well, so it is a special time of year. It gives us time to not only tackle some of the bigger movies that we don't want to just do a traditional episode, and that everything has been said. Mm-hmm. And we've actually had conversations at length about these bigger movies that we do around mm-hmm. Halloween. Um, it's some of the titles that we didn't really want to tackle. But the best way, and I totally agree with this being the use of commentary tracks, is to get reaction as it's happening and have a like succinct conversation about what you're seeing on the screen. Mm-hmm. As opposed to sort of regurgitating the 20,000 conversations that we've had about these films already. Yeah, big surprise. Mm-hmm. We like Hellraiser. Um, but also we'll get an opportunity to get our authentic reactions to things because that's what's unique to us. The weird thoughts that we have while we're watching these movies. Mm-hmm. 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 So yeah, that is what we have coming up and our um, anniversary, so to speak. Five years. Yep. Wow. 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 That's very exciting. I'm super jazzed. But I'm also Wes Knight. And I'm typical Lydia. And you've been listening to Dead Air. Get away from a visual that brings 
intimate glimpses of intimate things. A voice in my heart like a torch singer sings. I wonder who's kissing her now. The house is haunted by the echo of your favorite song. The place is cluttered up with roses that have lived too long, much too long. The ceiling is white, but the shadows are black. A ghost in my heart says she'll never come back. The house is haunted by the echo of your last goodbye.